Stanford University. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is uh, Abbas Emiloni. I direct the Iranian Studies Program here at Stanford. Before introducing uh, our tonight's speaker, who I'm sure does not need any introduction, uh, let me make a couple of announcements about our upcoming events. For the rest of the quarter, we have three other programs lined up. Next week, April 15th, uh, same time, same place, uh, Ziba Karbasi will be talking about uh, breath poetry. Uh, I think what she means, I've talked to her a little bit, I think she means the, about the process of writing poetry in as, as a spontaneous act compared to poetry as a constructed artifact. Uh, on April 30, uh, in Coverley Auditorium, uh, right down the hall, uh, we will have Roger Cohen, the columnist for the New York Times. He will be talking about his experiences on Iran and covering Iran. And on May 7th, this one will be in Persia, uh, in Kabirli as well, Irajah Pezeshzad, uh, the author of uh, Daijan Napoleon, will talk about the creation of Daijan Napoleon, uh, why and how and when and things of that sort. In all of these, uh, the, the lectures will be followed by a question and answer period that you will be able to ask. Uh, tonight, uh, we are indeed honored to have uh, Shahnusha Parsipur with us. I think it is uh, uh, no hyperbole to say that there is, uh, amongst the Iranian women writers, no one who writes like her with what Nietzsche would say, blood. Uh, she feels her stories. She lives her stories. She pays with uh, her agonies for her stories. And she puts an enormous amount of thinking in the, in the stories. There is something uh, sublimely cerebral about her work uh, and sublimely independent. Uh, again, I think the value of her uh, novels will be uh, appreciated as much for the novelty of their style as for the daring of the uh, writer and her willingness and her ability to challenge the shibboleths and the standard uh, received opinions. She has, of course, sadly for us, paid heavily for her independence, but uh, uh, she continues her creative work, and, and it is about her latest work, I think. Uh, I have lost count, but I think it is her last work, uh, Asia uh, and the Two Worlds, or fa Asia Facing the Two Worlds, that she will be talking. Uh, she will be talking in English and uh, uh, occasionally she says that she might need some assistance from the audience. So she should be there helping. Ms. Parsifur. Hello to everybody. Uh, my English is not well enough. Mr. Milani are here. He's here to help me. Uh, I don't know what can I uh, say about my book. If you like, you can ask the question and I can explain you. But uh, briefly, I told tell you, it was a, an idea in my mind about a woman. Her name is Asiye. Asiye means Asia. And uh, 
Us here is a woman that I taught in the, at the first moment, that she's a woman from a, a village of Iran, and she wants to immigrate to this city. Then she sits on a, on a stone and she thinks about her life. This was the idea in my mind, and I had it for 15 years, 12, 20 years in my mind. Then I decided to write, and uh, almost uh, five years ago I began to write it. But at the, in the middle of work, I stopped. It was difficult for me to finish it. And after a, a lot of time that I tried to finish it, I finished it uh, yes, last year, and I gave it to Mr. Nasser Farrokh in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, a Soye publisher, and he published it in Persia. For the audience, American audience, I would like to tell you that I have some books that they are, they are translated into English, Tuba and the Meaning of Night, uh, Woman Without Man, and another book in uh, Chicago Anthology, its, uh, its name is Trials Offer. And, but it, this book is in Persian. It's about a woman from a village of Iran. I think it's very important to uh, think about the villagers in Iran because we have more than 50,000 villages in Iran. And these villages can't uh, develop themselves because of the problem of water. And so they send always their population to the cities. And Iran has the problem of immigration of villagers to the cities. For example, now Tehran is a huge, huge village because of the 75% of villagers that they live in this city. For example, at the moment of Shah, the city had, at the last moment, 4 million uh, population, but... The, the, the cinemas were more than now. And now the city is 15 million, has 15 million population. But the cinemas is less, uh, the number of cinemas is less than the moment of shock. So it's a huge village, but with a very um, industrial face. So we can, we can, we must work in a prop about the problem of villages in Iran, and this book is uh, something in this uh, with this idea. So this Asiya, she married in, she marries in her village, then she divorced, but the marriage is very simple. She went to, she she goes to another city, a small city. She works there hard, and then she immigrates to Tehran. And uh, in Tehran, she married, marries for second time. And the marriage always is sire, because this type of marriage is very common between the uh, normal people of Iran, not the people of uh, middle class, but the villagers. Their marriage is more or less always, not always, but in the certain in a majority of the time, is in the type of sire. Uh, and you know, the, what is the sire? You don't know. This is temporary marriage. And it's very common between the villagers. And the villagers that they go and uh, pilgrimage in the holy cities, 
they found always a, they do they do always a temporary marriage. Uh, and so this is the second marriage of her, and then after that, she lives always alone, and uh, she's a mustachtem kolfat servant. She's a servant. Servant is not a good word uh, for kolfat. <laughs> the French has a very good mate. Yeah, yeah, it's better. So this is the. <laughs> This is my book, so I am ready to uh, to uh, answer your question. At the last moment, she has nothing. She bought, she buys a home, but her bride, her uh, daughter-in-law, she's really against her because they haven't enough money to have another home, so they want her home. Her, her son and her uh, daughter-in-law. And so she's very dis- disparate, you know. She, hasn't, she has nothing, and they beat her always to, to kill her in a sense of... Uh, not kill her, really, but kill her <laughs> mentally. Yeah. yeah. Because the villagers are 75% of the Iranian population. And uh, I knew this woman. Her real name is Sadiqe. And she was excellent. Uh, she, works in, she worked in a, at my home. And when I, she had any job, she listened to the radio, she looked at TV, and she wrote, she wrote the, uh, the, her book. She wanted to, to learn uh, writing. And she did treat work at the same time. And she told me always, I am mean, an intellectual. You don't know. You can't imagine. And she was really an intellectual, you know. In a sense, pragmatist uh, type of sense of, uh, of the world. And I liked her more than all the intellectual that I, have around, I had around me. Because she's her... Opinion in everything was more important than these people. At the same time, she was very practical. She never uh, taught anything. For example, she ate, she ate the orange, but the the orange, the skin of the orange was something to make something. And so it was wonderful. And, uh, but she couldn't uh, write. One day I tried to teach her Dars uh, Bektas. Uh, uh, Hygiene. And when I was in the middle of the course, I looked at her. All her face was full of sour. And she tried hard to understand what's the meaning of lungs, other part of the body. They, they had a difficult name. And, but she tries really to understand. And she never had the chance to study. So for me, Sedire was a, a spirit of Iran, a part of Iran. And I tried to explain it uh, for other people. Uh, I had another book, I have another book, Tuba and the Meaning of Night. There I have a Tuba. She is the spirit of the society in a 
general sense. I, it was my idea. But here, Sadiqa is the mass, mass of the people. And her, with her original uh, character as a, as a villager. So this is the idea that I had uh, around the book. You have absolutely reason, but I lived with her for several years, and sincerely, I tried sincerely to find her spirit. And before, because I had profound respect for her, it wasn't that I had a pity for her, no, never. I had a profound respect for her, and so I tried to understand her. And uh, I think I understand her very well. Uh, I try to be in her skin because I am very believer of Zen Buddhism. And in Zen Buddhism, it's possible to be in the skin of other people or even the, uh, the, the objects. It's very possible. I'm not very, familiar, very specialized in Zen Buddhism, but it's really possible. If you have respect for others, and if you think that they are a dimensional character and they have three dimension, four dimension, so it's possible to be with them and to influence in their body, no? It's possible. She, she, she spoke about her life with me, and I found it it's a very strange life because when she was at age six, uh, eight, seven, eight, the cat the the village earlier uh, tried to confiscate their land, and because of this, he made a profile for his father, her father, and after that, she was the witness of. The death of two sisters. Uh, they 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 died in front of her. They were six years, five years, and three years old, and she was alone with these uh, sisters in her home. And the mother was escaped, and the father was in prison, and etc. And she she suffered a lot in her life, and. Uh, I tried to find what's her real sense about the life and about this. I think I was successful to, to show it because the people that they read the book, they told me they, they understand very well the situation. You must read it. You are Iranian? No. no? So you must translate it into... Okay. And it was written by the maid herself. Oh, and yeah. This is uh, maybe two years ago. But uh, I, I wish I could 
I had never in my mind these ideas, but uh, I want to tell you that uh, she couldn't uh, write. This was the problem, but she tried hard to, hard to write. And I tried to write for herself. You know, I, I tried to write about her, and unfortunately, I think she has died because I sent a lot of people to find her, but it's not possible. Uh, first, in the book, her name was Sadire. But after that, I found she has family, and uh, it's not good to keep the name. At the same time, I found Asia or Asia is better name for the book, so I changed it to Asia. She is absolutely religious, uh, but religious in the sense of human being, not a, a mullah, a mullah, you know, because we have two religions. Some people are relig religious. Um, personally, I'm religious, but I haven't any religion because I don't like to go to mosque or to church or to uh, synagogue. I like to be with God, but not the God that the religion presents to you. Uh, it's very difficult for me in the in the nature. You can you when you look at the nature, you find a very um, clever sense of uh, being. I don't know something is clever in the nature. So I try hard to find it to uh, to feel it, and this is a religious sense of life. Sedir also she was religious and. Uh, but she lived with her religion very simply, uh, not uh, wanted to kill the people or to make something difficult. Yes? Uh, you seem very sympathetic, or at least it seems to me that you are very sympathetic towards Osier. Mm -hmm. It depends. Uh, at the beginning, it was very good for her because uh, Banisat, uh, they made a program to give the home to the poor people. And she was capable to buy uh, an apartment with a very small money. So it was she was very satisfied. And then she went to Mecca and she was absolutely... Uh, fascinated by uh, airplane, but by Mecca, by all, all things. But after that, she was very uh, pessimist, like all the Iranians, but in her manner, because when the people speak about Khomeini and they mock her, him, or they mock the mullah, she became a little uh, angry because she thought they are the uh, children of prophet, you know. But after a while, she found, no, it's not very easy to live with a mullah. And she told me one day, I'm not satisfied. Satisfied, it's not good. So I tried to explain this situation in the book. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe in contemporary Iran that is become a norm. And I got the impression that you're saying most people have those type of temporary marriages. And that kind of doesn't compare with my data, at least. Uh, you know, uh, this type of marriage, temporary marriage, I think is very ancient in Middle Eastern countries. And the reason uh, is very different. For example, it's almost 1,400 years that the Iranians worked behind the curtain in Iraq, Syria, and other countries like this. Because, you know, for Iran, for example, Iraq is a long, the situation of Iraq for Iran is the long, long geographically. Iran. Long. Because Karun goes here, you know, and other rivers that they are very important for Iran. And uh, geopolitically is very important. You know that the capital of the Sassanid was in Madain, near Baghdad. And Baghdad is the city that the Baramakhe family, Barmakhion, they made it, and the name is Persian. Baghdad, the justice of God. It's not Arabic, it's Persia. So this area was very important for the Iranian sheets. And so because of this, they pray on the uh, moor uh, that is the heirs of Baghdad. Samaria. Uh, 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 no, no. Karbala. This, this moor is always from Karbala, not other part of the... So, uh, geographically, it's very important for the Iranian to keep this area. I think they sent always, in 1,400 years, the soldiers. But this, these soldiers were covered in the face of merchant or the people that they are gossip. They, they, they are the seller of things, and they are the pilgrimage people, you know, like this. And they send a lot of women that they became sire for this soldier. It was impossible to make the family for these people. Uh, don't be worried, I explained uh, clearly. And so. There is a story very interesting, you can read it, uh, you can laugh a lot. The name is Hitchcock and Arabaji. And in this story, you will find one of these women that they send it to Karbala to, for, for the pilgrimage and to be a sire for other people. So in, the, in this story, you will find the situation that I explained for you. It's not this, this simple thing. Another thing, Iran was always under the attack of different tribes. The Mongol, the Tatar, the Turk, I don't want to have uh, anything against the Turks because I am half Turk. 
But they took attack to Iran thousand years in different tribes. So they violate the woman, they rape the woman. The society made a type of marriage, it's temporary marriage, to show, okay, this uh, child that it becomes from this marriage, oh, it's shari, uh, legal, because it was a temporary marriage. The, a very different reason was uh, the, the reason for Sireh. And if you read the Sumerian culture 5,000 years ago, you will find the type of Sireh, temporary marriage, between the women that they belong to the temples. And in these temples, they married with the men, temporary marriage. And uh, it's a very long story. I can't uh, tell it in half an hour. So this, uh, and this Shiism is a very ancient religion. It's not Islam. It's something more than 5,000 years ago that they made it this religion, but under the, another name. Uh, it's very clear because it has 12 imam. And 12 imam means 12 constellations. And it's uh, astrology, and its astrology was the invention of the Sumerian, and the Sumerian are the inventor of this religion. And the temporary marriage was between them because it was a very strong matriarchal system in the area before the patriarchal system that begins with the Arthurian, and uh, just 3,000 years ago. So we have this type of marriage. But personally, I am very angry with this marriage because it, it gives a lot of freedom to the woman. Yeah. No, why? Why is prostitution? Why do you think that you must have always an eternal husband? <laughs> it's not possible. Sometimes it's not possible. For example, you have three children, and your husband has died in an accident. And you must keep three children. At the same time, you have some sexual desire, it's very clear. And at the same time, there is no man to marry with a woman with three children, so she can have a temporary marriage. Why not? Persecution. It's very different from prostitution. Actually, in Iran, all the girls and boys, they make temporary marriage, and they go to the party, to different trip. And uh, it's very, for example, somebody told me in a party, uh, party in English, in a party, in a party, they told, I am serious of this, I am serious of that, I am serious. Yeah. Can you explain about these two worlds and why Asya was caught between the two worlds and how she coped between these two worlds? In my book, she's between village and city, you know. Is, is that? It's the main reason. But in reality, it's Asia in front of the uh, Western country. I'm sure we are talking about two different cultures. 
Yes, exactly this. Uh, the, the main idea for me is that in this, uh, you know, when you are a villager, you are very uh, famous. Because as a villager, as a very small people in the village, you know all the people. They're from Katroda, just the gendarme, that's all of But when you come to the cities, you lost your identity. And you become a very simple character. So this is the main reason of this uh, name that I choose for my book. And, and one comment. Uh, the temporary manage the city is official in Iran. You can buy pre-printed uh, licenses from government and keep it and in time for it. And if you are inspected, you can present it and make sure you are Yes, but some women really, they desire to find a, an eternal man. It's not possible. The eternal, eternal man, always they made something, uh, his name is Khyonat. Yeah, Betray. So it's not possible to have eternally a man. It's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> you can have him temporarily. No, you can find eternal women because they are a lot of women. The women, naturally, because they are responsible in front of their children, they are absolutely different of the men, you know. They try to keep the family and they try to keep their husband and they try to keep the children and they try to keep the morality of the society. But the men are different and they do different, okay? In this bastard book was very interesting because I spent five years. But in general, I write in six months. And it is one of the very brief, uh, shortest book that I wrote. But I have the book with more than 1,000 pages. I wrote them in six months. Because I have something in my mind and I try to write. No, I didn't do it. Uh, my village in this book is not romantic. It's horrible. Because uh, the Katroda try hard to destroy this family. And they are always hungry. And the children are hungry, but the people are hungry also. They can't uh, help them. And she has to leave the city, the village, because there is nothing for her in the village. I, I tried to uh, to clarify this this situation, and then in the city, the city has not any problem. She has she is not capable to to cope uh, herself. But more or less, she do, does it in a course of uh, the time. Yes. Yes. Um, I heard that Shirin Nishad um, thought that he might be 
Yes. Um, can you talk more about Hebrew? Are you Iranian or? Okay. Uh, do you know Persian or no? You read in Persian? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is the book. Its name is Women Without Men. Zanon Bidun Mardan. This title is not against the men, but contrary, is for the men. Because uh, I read one of the books of Hemingway. Its name is Men Without Women. In this book, Hemingway tried tries to explain about the situation of the men that they can't understand the woman. And for example, in one of these stories that yeah, it is always in my mind, uh, the woman has died in the winter. The man put her course in the basement and waiting for the spring to bury her. And then and whenever he has a job in the basement, he put the lantern in the hand of the, in the bounce of the woman, and she became a very horrible, she found in a very horrible face. So I tried, I thought, okay, why not women without men? Because they are the women that they think the men are the objects. And they want them as a husband or as a lover or as a everything, but not really. Something doesn't work. And there is the woman that they aren't capable to find a man because they are in a society that they made them as a virgin. I don't speak about virginity. It's a very good thing. But I think about the virgins that they can't touch the men. We have the virgin in Iran, in Iran at the age 50, 60, and uh, they are horrible for the society. They find, make the problem. So I try to explain this situation. Uh, Shirin Neshat has made a film from this book, and uh, she, of course she has changed a lot of uh, part of the books, and uh, it's not really my book now, but it's something mixed between me and Shirin, and, uh, and now it's ready, and they will, uh, they will send it to a uh, festival. Yes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, if I enjoy this. Yes? Why are they all virgins horrible? <laughs> old virgin? Why are they horrible? What do they do? Sometimes because they look at other people and they find always the fault, you know. They, they think that the um, sexual relation is a bad thing. Is a gona. It's a sin, and they are the muy damog others. Muy damog chim. They are pain in the mail. Do not find them chim. Pain in the mail. Let me find them. <laughs> they, make tr- they make trouble. And uh, I want to tell you this very interesting story. And they make, sometimes they, they have a very short uh, idea about the life. I, uh, my, the father of my, I have a friend, he's a man, uh, now at the age 70. 
but uh, his father was alive and he was a man at the age 80. He knew, he, they thought, two boys, two sons of this man, thought it's not bad to make a marriage for him. <laughs> so they found a lady at the age 72. And this lady was virgin. <laughs> so they married. And the day of the, uh, of the one week we went to uh, their home, and the lady was at in, uh, beside me. She was absolutely beautiful at her age. And she told me, okay, in the morning of marriage, I showed the Dasmal <laughs> the na- to, my, uh, to my sons. I mean, the sons of the man. And I was absolutely amazed. I thought, were you married? Virgin? She told me, yes, of course. So imagine, at age 72, she was always virgin, and she thought about virginity always, not other things. She wasn't a scientist, she wasn't a journalist, she wasn't a poet, she wasn't a Jahangir. She was a virgin. <laughs> Absolutely virginity of the world. Yeah. Horrible? No, she wasn't horrible. She, no, no, she wasn't horrible. She was a very shy woman. I mean, she did nothing in her world, in her life. She was waiting always for a man at the age 72, she found him. You know? 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Has coming to the United States changed your way of writing? And if it has, how has what has it done to your uh, uh, creative process? You know, in the United States, I live between the Iranians. Because of this, my English is horrible. I don't read the journals because I hate it. I don't look at TV, and I don't really listen to the radio. Recently, I listen to the radio sometimes. And so my English is uh, very weak, very not very, very enough to really write in English. But uh, and I'm always between the Iranians, and I spoke in majority of the time in Persian, and so I am in the spirit of the Iranians. But I am a cosmopolitan type of uh, human beings because my life is not to think about Iran or the United States. I think about the atoms. I think every hydrogen is capable to think. And every hydrogen is different from other hydrogen in beside him, you know. So I have a very huge word in my mind to think about them. And I have no place for the small problems between the United States and Iran and other parts. The globe is a small place that we live, and it's not different if you live here or there, especially at the moment of Internet. Personally, I have some problems. For example, I am not near my son. I suffer from this point of view. 
But uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't feel the this farness of Iran. And little by little, I am 63 years old. And little by little, I my mind goes to the world of ideas, not the stories, you know. And this is a very change, profound change that I sense, sense, it, sense it very uh, hard, very JD, serious. Yes, it was a novel of ideas, and I li- I really like to write about the ideas now. It's the philosophy time of life. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. When I was a child, my, I, I was very under the influence of my grandmother. Her name was Tuba, but her title after marriage was Shamsul Muluk. And uh, so she was very, she had a very great influence on me because she was a poet, she was a dervish, she danced in the dervish manner, and she was always alone in her room. And she had a library, a small library. And she was very different of other women that I saw around me. Okay, I can speak about her a long time. Then one day she explained for me that at the age 18, when she divorced from her first marriage, uh, she wanted to find God and marry with God. Imagine the woman at this type of idea. And one day in a mosque or in a uh, tazir, in a uh, azadari, not azadari, the rose, she, she met a mullah that he was excellent uh, orator. And he spoke very beautiful. And he came back to home and she, told, she thought, okay, he was God. And then she tried to find this man and she was ready to tell him, Sir, marry me, because you are God. <laughs> but she never found this man. And she married with a prince of Ajar. So this idea was in my mind that my grandmother wanted to marry with God. At that moment, I didn't know that the nun also, they married God, you know. I didn't know really. I know now that some type of women are like this. They want to marry God. But at that moment, my mother, grandmother was uh, something very important in my mind. And then it was the revolution of Iran, Islamic revolution. I was in Paris. And I, ta- I saw in the TV millions and millions of women in the street. And they were all in Chador. And they had the slogan. And it was very strange for all of the Iranians. And I thought, what did, did they want, really? And after the wife found, okay, they want to marry with God because just now they were the wife of the wives of the men, and not they are not comfortable. They are they are they see something other. They want to marry God. So I decided to write the story of my grandmother. <laughs> 
I thought she's a very good um, youngin, average, average of a this type of woman, and this type of woman I think they are the spirit of every society. So I wrote it. Thank you. Yes. My language or the language of the society? From the moment that I came to the United States, whenever I wrote, I write, I tried to write politely. I mean, the type of Iranian type of literature, you know, and I use the word mitavanat, uh, not mitune, like this. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I don't broke the f verbs or this, uh, the type of this, because I found the new generation, they don't know really Persian, and they broke. Uh, they break all the words and they make something very cheap in Persian language. So I tried. When my people in the, my book they speak, they speak very politely, but I do it uh, consciously. Conscious, let's see. Yes? My favorite poet? Between the temporary or temp both. I, I am the lover of Hafez, the lover of Lao Tse, Chinese poet. Lao Tse. I am the lover of uh, sometimes Molana, but now I am a I have a guard with him because he's very patriarchal. I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, I love Sohrab Sepehri, Furuk Farukzad. Anything? You mean I spoke about this? Says, can you describe why you have guards against Molana? Yes. Because he's impolite with the woman in his books. And uh, he tried to... Um, okay, it's a very long story. I can uh, I don't know how I can uh, use it. Traditionally, in a very, very long ancient time, the men and the women governed the world with each other. When you read the stories of Sumer, the mythology of Sumer, you will find that the women are very important. For example, the inventor of uh, Enkido, a human being, is a woman. Her name is Aro Aro. Or uh, the god and goddesses are this equal in their job. When the patriarchal system begins to work, the some men became the women, and they governed the world with the men. It's very difficult to understand. Or uh, relation, 
in patriarchal system in 3000 years in these 3000 years you will find the etadie uh, unity of mart and amart men and the pederast all the philosopher of greek philosopher are pederast it doesn't matter pederastry pederastry or be gay or lesbian is not important is some type of human being but when you has me called when you eliminate the humanity of the world to put in place a pederast <coughs> you you sadami mizanin be ruh jahan you damage the soul of the world and this is a very important thing because mart and amart man and pederas hand by to hand they make a lot of invention at the same time this invention are dangerous because they are both of them are men and they walk in a manner of the men but when you have the woman with the men the woman act as the space and the men act as time for example so the movement the time tell i want to pass and the space tell hamshu bend over and it became something more um, in 200 years is 200 99% of invention of the world has made in these uh, 200 years last 200 years and this is made by mard and amard and now we are in front of something very dangerous that we don't feel it now very good you know i prefer the world of the men and women uh, I don't I am not against the gay. I repeat it. I am not against the gay, but I am against the elimination of the woman. And Molana is very patriarchal and he is at the same time very uh, homosexual. At the same time he has a wife and he has a etc. but he is very homosexual. I don't like it. But his poems are very beautiful. I saw in English that when they they translate his poems they don't speak about she they always speak about he and it's something very interesting to analyze it uh, is it clear, clear the thing that i tell okay he's a gen- genius one uh, i haven't anything else but sokorad also he is a genius one but he is very pedras so Uh, why i must think always about the society that the pedras man has made it i am a woman and i like to think about women of the world and about the world that i can do it if they don't want me i made it myself I understand Molana but no I like to be against him uh, I like to be not really 
But I want to tell him, sir, just a moment, please. I am something. Okay. It is a very interesting book on the lady. Saide Quotz. The name of the book is Kimia Khatun. It's the story about this the girl at the age, age 14. The, this girl is the daughter of the wife of Molana. He gifted to Shams. And poor girl died after one year. And so I think if Kimia Khatun was alive, perhaps she was. She she could read, uh, written, she could write a very good poems, but we haven't her. She dies. Yeah. On the follow-up to this, why do you think the West has fallen in love with Molana at this moment? Uh, a lot of reason. First of all, because they need something mystic. Second, because Mulana is a genius one. Third, he has a lot of story about Muiz. So the Jewish like to present him in the West. So there is a lot, lot of reason for present his, his presentation. Yes? What is the East? I don't understand what's the meaning of East. Because we have India, we have China, we have Iran, we have Arabs. Uh, China is a continent for its, itself. And they are really men. They are not women. India, yes, is very woman. But a very strong woman. It's like space. You bend, then meet her. It's very difficult to touch it. And uh, Iran is a lame man, I think. <laughs> it's not woman, but it's a lame man. And the uh, Arabs or something with salt, it's a real thing. So I, I'm not uh, with this idea of the Western countries to be in front of a woman in this. I didn't read uh, Ebra Said. I'm I'm not familiar, so I can't I can't give my idea. You know, I have chosen the United States and unconsciously because of geography. Uh, Iran is the center of the world, ancient world, 
And the United States, I mean the America, is far from all the old uh, old world, you know. And uh, imagine that the geography of uh, America has made it very strong. It is Pacific Ocean, uh, Atlantic Ocean, Canada, and a little Mexico, a little bothering, but not very important. And now they have made a wall, you know. But Iran is also always under attack. I needed the time to think about the things. In Iran, it's not possible. I wrote a book, his name is Shiva. In this book, it's a science fiction. I tried to explain the situation of a scientist, a man, he's a scientist. He wants to stay in Iran, but it's not possible. Because at the moment, at the first moment that he made something, he makes something, all the world look at him, you know. It's the geographical situation of Iran, it's like this. So I needed a time to think about the things. I came to the United States. Of course, I had to come because in Iran, my situation was dangerous. It was possible to kill me. So I came, but I could stay in Europe. I, choose, I have chosen the United States. And now in this uh, geography, I am more free to think about the things and naturally, all things that I can make is for Iran and other people. I, I, and I, I, I answer you or no? Yes, yes, thank you. Okay. Yes. Have <laughs> Time for uh, one more question. One more question, okay. There is no question. <laughs> yes. You can write it. Tuba and the meaning of night. Tuba, T-O-U-B-A. And the meaning of night. And woman without man. I can say you the book um, Chicago Anthology. I haven't any um, economical profit in it. But you can find Iranian writers from the beginning of the 20th century that the half, um, the last of the century. So it begins from Jamal Zadeh, just me and other, some others. And it's a very good, useful book. Yes? Yes. No, not really. I was in France four years, and I studied in Sorbonne two years. Very naive because I I tried to study in Chinese by help of French language that I didn't know. <laughs> so it was very uh, specific time, but uh, okay. Yeah, I was in France, and one night uh, we wanted to go in front of the Iranian uh, embassy 
for some slogan or something like this. I wasn't political activist. And the police of France was there, very horrible. Then two days after that, they called me to the uh, police station. I didn't rent in front. I didn't go in front of the embassy. I went to the police station and uh, suddenly I found that they want to hurt me because I heard, I heard from other room, صدای زب شده یه مرد ایرانی رو. He, he cried and he asked, oh, forgive me, I am very uh, sorry for my job, etc. This was the first experience. The second experience was the moment that they, uh, they tried to make something for Iran, the, the attack of Iraq. And the, the, before that, the, some men attacked to Iranian embassy in London. And they made, the French people and the English people, they made a show very horrible. They show it that they are in the embassy and then they kill an Iranian and they showed it in front of TV. And I was absolutely angry. I thought, okay, you think we are the donkey and you can do everything with us. So I will go back to my country. And I live there with these donkeys. I prefer them to you. So I never go back to France. But it is something at that moment was in my mind. Of course, I had another reason also. <laughs> well, we are very grateful that you left those donkeys and came here. No, I like those much. donkeys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.